Emerging writers, <laughs> welcome. We're so glad to have you join us again this week, uh, along with the boys again, as we talk about Final Fantasy VII, the remake. And I don't know, maybe the old one, maybe it's comparison. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my sister Jordan, my husband Michael, and her husband Brandon. Hello. Hello. Hello, I'm Michael's husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brandon and Michael both played through the game. I started to, and then just wasn't into it. So Guess kind of, we're something of gamers. <laughs> yeah, I hate video games like a lot. So I didn't play it at all. Um, I actually didn't even pay attention to the story. I shouldn't even be here. You don't hate video games. And I don't. A lot. I hate video games a lot. I've never played a video game in my life. Are you me? Are you to pretending to be me right now? Uh, please. Describe your shirt to us, Stephanie. Um, so it says something in uh, Korean, and there's like uh, a like green a, a green princess on it with a uh, a her stick. Her name is Zelda. Uh, that's what Michael said. Was from, her her name was Zelda. Zelda? It's just a Paradise Island getaway shirt from from Zelda from Korea Zelda. All right, I guess she's not oh, a gamer. Remember when I asked if you Perfect. heard that the other day? Shun the non-believer. When I texted you and said, did you hear that? Yeah. I was playing, uh, what is that song I was playing really loud? I was the annoying one that from, from uh, Ocarina of Time, I think. Lon Lone Ranch. Yeah, I was playing. At the bottom is that of the your annoying door. song? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really weird. I thought you guys were just banging and you were just double checking. Perfect. <laughs> so... You just start like <laughs> breathily moaning out songs like Zelda's yes. lullaby. Yep. That's what it's going to be from now on. That's weird. Well, I never said I wasn't. Yeah, but that's weird. Well, I never played Final Fantasy, but I've watched Brandon play for a long time and I watched him play through Final Fantasy 7. The original? No, the remake. Okay, so both you and me are going to this not really knowing anything about the original. Well, that's you not know, true because... Yeah. Brandon has been trying to make me be nostalgic for it and has been showing me things about it. You can't be nostalgic for, for a years. thing that's brand new to you. Yes. Well, you Brandon doesn't Crisis know that, though. Core, so no, I've you know. not played Crisis Core. I watched someone else play. Okay. I've not These played... Days, that's the same thing. I've not played Final Fantasy games because they're, they've been turn-based for most of my existence. So, And I hate turn-based games. Pokemon? Her favorite game ever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because it's turn-based. Yeah. <laughs> the lie detector determined that was a lie. Yeah, when it comes down to it, the objective truth is that turn-based fighting games are honestly the best thing. No. And anyone who thinks otherwise is just dumb. It's <laughs> just trying to sell something. <laughs> dumb just and dumb. wrong. <laughs> so worked up about it. <laughs> yeah, so what were you guys expecting coming into this remake? About a third of the game, I guess. I, I think everybody oh, yeah. wasn't expecting that. Third or fourth of the game? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Were you expecting What it? were you expecting, Brandon? Were you expecting a baby? Well, what I was kind of expecting was that the game would be a direct remake yeah. of the original game. Were you actually? Yes, I didn't see oh, anything. You, that oh, you didn't hear anything. Like, you like, keep tabs on. Well, I know that they said there were rumors going around deviations. that they were going to change stuff up. 
what I thought they meant was maybe the quest would be the same, but it would just play out a little differently. So <laughs> I thought the, it was going to be the exact same game. Everything was going to be exactly the same, but the, there would be more content. Right. That's kind of what I was expecting, too, um, when they said that. Not like, okay, so we need to rewrite this in the weirdest way possible so that it makes sense for us to be remaking it. Got it. <laughs> They're like, nobody wanted you to do that. We just wanted better graphics than what there was. We just didn't want to play with Legos anymore. They really looked like, um, especially Cloud, looked like he was made of bowling pins. Look, I just really need them. <laughs> His That's arms especially. Yeah. I really need them to keep the wheelchair scene, though, exactly the same. Yes. With the squeaking and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's really important to me. I need yeah, to see Yeah, Michael, pull up that clip. <laughs> This would be an important one to actually be able to see things because there's another really funny scene where uh, Sephiroth shoots the destruct materia at Cloud and then he levitates into the air and he flips end over end a couple <laughs> times and then he like torpedoes off like <laughs> And that scene is really close to where the game leaves off. So that's what we're going to start like, with in the next yeah. one. So like, <laughs> he's going to show up like, within just the gonna... first either, you know, one to 37 hours of the next game. <laughs> You should be seeing something similar to that. And I'm. those are the kinds of things that, that I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with. Is anything that looked objectively ridiculous in the first game. What should that have really looked like? Well, I mean, to be fair, Cloud's hair looked ridiculous in the dress scene. And it didn't look any less so in the remake. They kept, like, the weird single braid just coming out out of nowhere that made no sense. Okay, pigtail braids. Yeah. <laughs> They looked bad. And somehow everyone was like, ooh, who's that girl? <laughs> Probably also important to say spoilers. Oh, yeah. So. Hey, guys, spoilers for so both games. Game. <laughs> what happens is everyone dies. Maybe. Who knows? But maybe not. What was significantly different? Because I, so I have seen the whole story of Crisis Core and I've seen Advent Children. But I know nothing about like how the actual story played out in actual Final Fantasy VII. So I didn't know what any of the major changes were at the time. So I had to ask a lot of questions. So what, what were the weirdest changes that you guys noticed? So I'm not super sure. That's why I asked Brandon about a lot of these. Were I, It's been a long time since I beat Final Fantasy VII. The first time I beat it is the only time I've ever played all the way through it. And I had like 70 hours in the game. But easily 20 to 30 of those were Golden Saucer and Chocobo like breeding. So it had nothing to do with the game and mm -hmm. was easily things that just eat away your ability to remember what you're doing other than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anytime anything happened, I was just thinking, did, that, did this even happen in the original game? Without thinking about the fact that the beginning of the game where you do the bombing missions in Midgar is like a couple hours. And then the Final Fantasy VII remake is like 40 hours and it's the same thing as the first two hours of the game. Mm -hmm. So anytime that I thought, well, did that even happen in the original game? It probably no. more than likely didn't. Yeah. <laughs> because there was just more, there was just more material for them to give us. Yeah. Did it feel necessary? I mean, it fleshed out a lot of the characters because it's like before <laughs> there was a lot of, there's a lot of people that died that it didn't seem to matter that they died and that you should just, you should just like know like, oh, okay, well they were the good guys and they're dead. So you should be sad. Yeah, they really, I think, made you connect more with the characters and gave a bit more backstory and helped you relate to them, so it was sadder. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been sad if Wedge had died. You just hated his voice. So about the same as the original, then. <laughs> I hated his voice, yeah. I didn't like a lot of voices, actually. 
I think part of the problem was that I, I'd heard so many of those characters with different voices, mm -hmm. and then they got voice actors who didn't sound even remotely like the people that had done the voices before. Um, but some of them were the voice I didn't feel fit the character's personality as well. Hmm. Or I just didn't like their voice, and uh, it sucks for that human who has that voice. Because <laughs> I don't like it, I guess. He might have been acting. Like who? Wedge. <laughs> just Wedge only? Okay. Yeah, it was the only character I couldn't stand. Yeah, they definitely uh, spent uh, a lot of time developing characters and, and stuff. So uh, we got to see more about Barrett on the original game. From what I remember, is he's just uh, over the top about everything. And on this game, he kind of has some depth to him. I actually felt really weird about Barrett. Because he started out as super over the top and like twitchy about literally everything. Right. And then in like the later half when you're... Um, in the Shinra Tower and getting like goaded by Hojo and he's just like fine with like he doesn't care at all and I was like where did why is he just cool with this I don't understand it felt really weird for his character from what I understood of it at that point it was really similar to what they did earlier before the Airbuster fight too by the time Heidegger told them that they had that they were basically being surveilled and that they were showing everybody that they were on camera Ever since pretty much then, Barrett was like that. Because as far as he understood, what they were doing it was now televised, so people were going to see that they were the heroes. Mm. That would make sense. Was there any big uh, changes you noticed, Brennan? Well, besides the, uh, what is it, whispers? Yeah, mm. besides actual changes to the actual story. Besides, no, like, it's, it's a like, completely different story now? Yeah, I think some of the, just the main differences were the fact that uh, you did get to spend more time with some of the characters. Like, I think... When I played the original game, I thought Jesse was a boy the whole time. <laughs> you don't really spend much time with her anyway. And in this game, they make it seem like uh, she's a possible love interest. So they <laughs> gave yeah. me more time with her and uh, Biggs as well. I didn't really care much Biggs for Biggs in the original. So. Well. <laughs> yes, yeah. Charlie yeah, Shane. Like exactly best love interest. Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> or at least in the original. They still <laughs> looked like they were siblings to her. I wasn't certain at first. Yeah were very similar and then they interacted in a way that was very like sibling bickery in that very first like tutorial part yeah camaraderie i either thought they were siblings or dating one thing i thought was really funny about the characters was like how cranky <laughs> cloud was about everything it really amused me that he was just like didn't have fun sliding down a slide or playing with cats. He was so angry and pissed off about all of it. Was he like that in the original? I don't remember. I never thought to look at his personality, but uh, on this game, he definitely, for some reason, he starts out incredibly one dimensional. If there's anything less than one dimensional of a yeah. character, that's what he is. He's just He's 0.75 dimensional. Like, uh, Cloud, what's your favorite color? Oh, uh, what's a soldier's favorite color? I don't, like I don't care. <laughs> I don't this care about sucks. That. My favorite color is respect. I haven't grown attachments to colors. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is he so ridiculous? But he changed a bit throughout the game, so. He changed a lot. They, by the time the they got him in a dress, he loosened up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's that Pretty corset. instantly there, too. Once <laughs> they got him dancing, I think the real yeah. cloud came out. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure it started with that. Hands on him, he finally opened up a little bit. <laughs> He's starting to... Come into himself. To hear that he was beautiful or perfect or whatever <laughs> called him. Don't talk about it. I feel like the real starting point for his change was that hand massage, though. Well, I think it depends on which one you get. <laughs> Everyone yeah. has a poor one. No one wants to spend money in this game. Well, you don't know how important it's going to be later. 
after uh, we beat the game, I made Brandon go back and get the expensive hand massage because I wanted to see what it was like, and it did not disappoint. <laughs> Disappointed me. Start with the tips. Now get the base. <laughs> it was real dramatic. <laughs> oh. Was it virtually the same thing, though? Just No, he didn't extended. walk away in pain that time. He just walked away Which super one did you uncomfortable. Get? He walked away like he was post- like super high orgasmic mm-hmm. sort of a deal, like just dazed and not paying attention. And it's like, Cloud, you seem different. He's like, huh? He's stoned. Oh, yeah. He walks He's up stoned the now. They give him ecstasy. You're acting weird. I am. Cloud's not here, man. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to those whispers. What'd you guys think of those? That was, I feel like. The most dramatic change because we really had no idea what was going on with them the entire time until the very end. So they didn't acknowledge it until the very end, like yeah, they, well, they acknowledged it as so much as everybody noticed it, or yeah. at least Aerith noticed it, and then anybody who touches her, and then they verify at the end anybody who touches her will be able to see what it is. But they just treated it like it wasn't a thing, basically, and then at the end they just outright said what it was. Yeah, it was very much like it was obvious that the story had been pre-written and then they added the whispers on top of it. So it felt very it felt very wall breaky almost mm-hmm. like the whispers were breaking the fourth wall coming into a story that's already being told, kind of like looking down on this box view of something that's happening and now like making changes to it or something. Making sure didn't, changes don't happen. Yeah, yeah, I know that. That didn't come across at the beginning for me because I really couldn't tell what they were doing. Sometimes they seemed malevolent and then sometimes they were just in the way or, you know, actively attacking people. (laughs) It didn't feel like they were, yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like they were woven into the story in a way that felt organic to the story. Yeah. I remember Brandon just kept being like, what are those? What are they even doing? (laughs) I thought they were unnecessary. Yeah. I feel like they should have done Still. a little bit more earlier on to explain what it was so it wasn't just so easy to ignore whatever they were doing. You missed a lot yeah. of cues not knowing what they were. They just didn't make it in any way important, mm-hmm. which is part of why it felt like they weren't part of the story at all. Yeah. I'd say even by the end, I still felt like that, that they're still pretty unimportant and that yeah. they're just some weird plot device that they wanted to hold on to still, even at the end where they're like, you know, they're just trying to make sure that nothing happens differently than the original game. So here's... Calling it a game in the game. The original game. Remember the original game, Sephiroth? Because Sephiroth and Aerith both seem to be, to some degree, or at least they act like... They're actively they're, aware they're of it. They're very aware of the progression of the original game's mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And that the idea of the whispers alludes to the idea that they're trying to make sure that something doesn't happen differently than it's supposed to happen. Yeah, because Aerith and Sephiroth are trying to change what happened because they're aware of what happens next. Aerith is trying to make sure that nothing doesn't happen differently because as far as she knows, the best outcome is what they did. Yeah, and Sephiroth is trying to change it. Sephiroth's trying to change it, and she's trying to stop him from changing it. I don't know. It seemed like she was trying to change things in her own way. I feel like towards the end... When she realized she was just basically going to have to because Sephiroth wasn't going to stop, then it seemed like she was like, all right, well, I just randomly know magic now, so poof, let's go. Randomly? She's always known magic, hasn't she? I mean, she was your magic user in the party. Yeah, she just... She's a descendant of the ancients. If anyone should know magic, it's her. Her character really confused me because she was so naive at the beginning 
and I don't know, maybe there was some hints that I just missed that she knew what was going on, but it seemed like all of a sudden she was just like, yeah, I know what's going on. I know how to talk to the flowers. I know magic. Look, I yeah, just did it all. She did know how to do all that stuff all the, the whole time, but uh, it did seem like she matured very quickly or at least changed very quickly out of nowhere at like one point. Like in some random spot, just... I don't replay. I don't remember where it was. Avatar it was that dress scene. Airbender. She got into that sexy dress and was like, "Yeah, that might be." Oh, it. I yeah, am a woman. They didn't get the good dress though, so there's no explanation in his. Right? <laughs> yeah, we got the sexy red dress like in the original. You did. You didn't even call mm-hmm. me up to look. No, we were enjoying it all on our own. Hmm. So I felt like. Um, and I've talked to Michael about this a little bit as we finished the chapter. It felt like they could have written this arc better, seeing as they understood that they were going to be doing this in segments, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing about the end of this felt like we had concluded something because yeah. they threw on the the whispers too heavy at the end to where they were now starting up a new story and then just cutting us off from it. Yeah. I think it would have been fine if they had like sprinkled in the whisper stuff to where it was happening. People were like kind of confused about it, but it wasn't important and so it wasn't really addressed and then in the next arc they started really delving into it. But yeah. As it was, we kind of got the conclusion to the Shenra thing, kind of, but it was glossed over because then immediately we were, we were dealing with these whisper things. Yeah. yeah so then fighting ne- God. It, yeah, it didn't feel like anything was concluded in this arc, so it feels like the stupidest kind of cliffhanger where mm-hmm. there was no resolution to satisfy you. Yeah, it was just like, okay, so what did they do then? <laughs> Something, I well, guess? I think what they did was, since they had you fight like the embodiment of fate, was that the whispers are obviously supposed to, or not obviously, but the whispers seemed like they were supposed to be making sure that basically like the last chapter said, Destiny's Crossroads, that Destiny wouldn't change. Mm -hmm. And Sephiroth has you kill them because the the whispers were obviously part of the, what what was the boss called? The giant whisper thing? Yeah. You killed them. And so I think that that might just be the end of it. And that's why I think it's such a like annoying plot device that they're using because I can't help but feel like they're going to completely have dropped this by the second installment. That would be even worse, and I would hate it more. <laughs> because they don't really I, fit. Well, that's they why really, I... They really barely fit in this. thought they, they were really unnecessary. Don't fit the, they won't fit anywhere in the next part of it. I kind of figured that the next de- chapter would be them continuing fate. to struggle against fate and like that, that thing wasn't totally destroyed because you can't destroy fate itself. Yep. There it did. You guys are just making it seem more and more unnecessary. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it yeah. really felt like they wanted to do this whole fate element and they're like, didn't trust the audience enough to understand what was going on. So they're like, yeah, let's just give it full on bodies and make it really obvious what's happening. To me, it, it felt like they were just trying way too hard to justify making a remake yeah. of the story and making changes to the story. To where they were like, we have to write it into the story why we're making changes to the story. We're not... Yeah. Ma- maybe the Maybe the Okay, so part of me felt like this is their way of justifying why they won't kill off Aerith this time. <laughs> like it Because the whole story is about defying fate. Because remember, guys, the other one's canon. But this one is two. But now this is what happened. <laughs> this but don't game. get offended because we're saying that the other one did happen. <laughs> Aerith does die, but just remember, it's not going anywhere now. They changed it. <laughs> they changed their own fate. 
So it's okay. That's one of my ideas. But then the other one is that they might just be trying their absolute best to throw everyone off their trail and get them, like, make us suspicious of this so that when they kill her, it's impactful again. Could be. Because... Yeah, I mean, either one feels because equally one plausible. Of, that's one of the biggest points in the entirety of Final Fantasy VII is that scene. And without having that, like, even everybody that knows that it's going to happen, without having that, there's not going to be, like, there aren't going to be a lot of strong scenes outside of that. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're just going to be kind of like, come on, guys, we got to get the bad guy now, is going to be the entire game. And that would be, I mean, it's not something outside of what Squaresoft has ever done, but... It would be boring. Yeah. And outside of the people who are playing this for the first time ever, that her death wouldn't be like a shock anymore. It wouldn't be a big turning point for for the player anymore. Yeah. Unless they try to make it a surprise again. Sneak it up on like when it's going to happen. Change it up. It's going to happen at the beginning of the next scene or next chapter. It's like, And now you're stuck in a new world without her. You so, have no idea what's going on. Before we finished the whole chapter, I had heard about the like multiverse theory. And then by the time we got to the end, I was like, oh, so like not a theory. That's what's happening. But do you think it's a multiverse thing or like a timeline thing? I don't even know if I think it's either of those as much as it's just kind of hopping around showing you like different points in time. So like a timeline thing. Because that, that could be more like, like time travel e. That's the two different theories right now. Some people think that we've got multiple timelines. What was that one? Universe? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think like most people think there's... Like they jumped into a new universe like now? Is there a difference between yeah. a different timeline and a different universe? Yeah, because yeah, like a timeline's sort of fixed in multiple universes. There'd be a bunch of different things. Well, I think there's multiple timelines now. Would that mean multiple universes? So like no, sometimes... Because be we know, we know Zach's not alive in our timeline. In the original story, yeah. Cloud's crazy still, and he still has the Buster Sword in the end of the game. Yeah. But we see Or the fact Zach, that he has it at all, really. We see yeah. Zach's timeline, and we see the fate, the, uh, the whispers blow up around Midgar. We don't even know why we're seeing them there. Yeah. But they all blow up, and then his fate seems to change, and then we see a bag Maybe? go by in front of the screen that has a different, uh, what are the thing called? The uh, dog thing, the... Logo? Stamp? Stamp. Stamp was a oh, different breed of dog on the yeah. chip bag. Oh, he was? So th- yeah. yeah. So that's why when it comes in front of you, it slows it down in front of the camera so you get a good time to look at it, and then yeah. it so blows off. I had never paid attention to the stamp before that. It's so kind of dog looking before. Oh, okay. Like really scruffy looking on the, on the potato chip bag. Yeah, one's, oh, the, gotcha. one's a beagle. I think the, maybe the end one was a beagle. I think the end one was a beagle one, and my brain was like, yep, it was always a beagle, because I hadn't like There's looked the at the stamp before. The stamp and a lot of people will say that that... You know, maybe they just changed. Maybe it before I'm or after. from the stamp universe that's a beagle. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just a time period thing that changed from Zach's time to their time anyway. But then they, yeah. they well, it's very intentional that they slow it down in yeah. front of the camera so they you showed it, it to purpose, you. Obviously. Right. Yeah. And then so some people think either that was a red herring or there is different timelines. And that's well, I mean, right I'm now. pretty sure Zach dies after he drags Cloud away after killing all of the people because he's just like super injured. I think it's been a long time since I've. Watched Crisis Core though. Even even in Final Fantasy Core, VII though, they kind of jump around in time throughout the story. Anyways, they eventually straighten it all out and show you that like, uh, oh, Cloud didn't do any of the stuff that he talked about. But they do it. They do a lot of jumping around in time, but it's usually just back, right? Mm-hmm. It's like flashback stuff because Cloud's memories are all messed up with Zach's or something like that, right? Yeah. Every 
memory that you see of clouds is always just actually what Zach was doing at the time. So and Cloud was never even there. I have a question oh, though. How does Cloud was talking to Cloud? Was that Cloud talking to Zach or was that Zach talking to Cloud? How does Cloud have Zach's <laughs> memories? Right? Like Before what happened there? The what do you think that was? Some people think he was talking to a Cetra, an ancient, or Sephiroth was talking to him to confuse him, or maybe it's just Cloud because Cloud's memory, Cloud's memory is broken up right now, oh. and I think he was talking to himself. Is another option. What was your question? So, how is Cloud seeing memories from Zach's point of view? How does he actively have Zach's memories Live when, stream. when at least originally, Zach just died in front of him when Cloud was half dead himself? Some people think it's because of the live stream. So basically, they never told us because they didn't know. Right. They just thought it'd be a, a cool it story might not element. It necessarily be because they didn't know, but because of our localization team at the time. We had such a poor translation. That's Could be. True. That happened a lot. But also, Square has some crazy stories. <laughs> so who knows? Could be that Zach told Cloud Everything. about it. They were driving in the back of a truck for a while on the way to Midgar. And he told them a lot of stuff at that point. They had a long That's conversation. True. And Cloud's just kind of dazed off, you know. Yeah, it could be just kind of rewriting in his own mind that's all broken up. Like, yeah, could be. I remember this. I remember doing this, yeah. Could be. But it was only important things that he remembered. Or it could be, <laughs> since Cloud has Sephiroth cells in him, and Sephiroth has Genova cells in him, and since Genova can overwrite people's memories and make them remember and see things that aren't necessarily happening, that maybe that just happens to Cloud. Mm. Yeah, that's why she's okay. called the Dreamweaver. Which you mentioned. I knew it all along. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I knew it all along. When they're in the uh, train yard and they see Marlene, do you think that was actually Marlene or do you think that was Genova making them see Marlene there? I thought it was Marlene. Like actual physical actually Marlene? I thought it was. I thought she was dead. I told you this. I thought she was dead at that point and I thought we were going to see Tiffa's uh, memory and we we're going to see something like, oh, geez, she was a ghost the whole time? Which would have been crazy, but it didn't happen. <laughs> I don't even know what the point of that scene was. Yeah, they didn't explain that. Genova. <laughs> yeah, but what would be the point of having Genova do that and then not continue on? I don't on? know. <laughs> I'm not Genova. Genova works in mysterious ways. That's where it all started. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Genova giveth and Genova taketh away. The good Genova giveth. Oh, Genova great. take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've made that lovely parallel... <laughs> We're all going to hell. <laughs> oh, man. So, so uh, what do they call it? Promised land. Joe. Yeah. We're all joining the live stream. That's just regular. Joining. On the bad side of it. <laughs> On the bad That's side. The death Star side. Wars. <laughs> yeah, the, the dark side. Yeah. So, overall, guys, did you enjoy the game? Nope. Yep. Nope and yep. I mean, I thought it was fun to watch not knowing a ton about it. It was interesting, so I didn't really have expectations. Uh, it was an entertaining game, aside from the weird things that didn't really make sense, but that wasn't all the game. The other stuff was interesting and kept my attention. What about you, Steph? It was all right. I mean... You didn't watch all of it, but... Yeah, I kind of I missed a section between uh, Aerith... The beginning and the end. Oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> I missed a section between um, Aerith being taken and then them getting to Shinra. So mm. like that that middle chunk. Oh, yeah, that like you, you're that like then. hour of cutscenes I missed because he got impatient with me. 
So, yeah, I don't have that part. But the rest of it was just kind of weird. I don't know. Like, it felt like it didn't leave off on a very good note. And so that the feeling that you end on is kind of what colors the rest of your experience with things. Mm. And I got to listen to him complaining a lot about the fighting mechanics at the, like, from the Shinra building to like the end of the game so so i feel like they maybe could have done that a little better how'd you like that ridiculously long pointless car fight scene at the end or motorcycle right motorcycle oh yeah that was so fun and it just went on for so long too (laughs) it's good when they know what the best part is so they know that you want to do it for two hours instead of five minutes yeah it's a classic part of final fantasy 7 but it wasn't fun in the original either (laughs) they're like yeah Let's do it for two hours, guys. Like, Let's do it twice. Here's our little nod to the original, and then you do it, and then you're doing the motorcycle scene way too early in the game, and you're like, well, that's not when you do that, but that's kind of weird. And then you do it again later, and you're like, yeah, good. Again, and longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brandon had to go to work when we were playing that part, so we were like so trying like, to get to the end. We were like, how long does this go? And they just kept throwing another thing, and they were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Stop. The first time Red 13 healed me, I got suspicious that it was going to be pretty long. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> he healed me again. He I was like, okay, I got to go. I paused it and went to Clap, work. Here you go. <laughs> and then my HP went up and I was like, no. <laughs> also, Red 13 is best boy and he's my favorite now. He was so cute. I loved him. I liked his voice too. It was good. That's a good voice. Yeah, I didn't like Red 13 in the original. Everybody loves him. So now I can kind of see why. I also didn't like Barrett in the original. I still don't like Barrett. I really like Barrett now. He's awesome. Our kid's favorite character is Barrett, and yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just because he swears the most, and they're just <laughs> like, oh, I got to hear another bad word. Then they should like Cloud based on what he said at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. This random swear that felt like, this is a PG-13 movie, so I get to say bitch. <laughs> you can say The delivery was really words. funny for that. <laughs> What was the exact line? I can't remember. I just know he's like, bitch. It was so weird. Something about denying fate, obviously, since that was the entire motif at the end. But like, he says like the lamest sentence, pauses a little bit, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, he's uncomfortable saying it. He really didn't want to say it, but he had to look cool in front of the girls. (laughs) (laughs) Or like he had the reserves about it because there were women present. Fate is yeah, not for cool. the or he just bitch. didn't feel like there was a, a good enough punch to it, so he was like, bitch. He was gonna say it cool for Barrett, but he didn't want to embarrass himself in front of the girls because they were gonna they were gonna say that he never swears. God, you don't even talk like that. <laughs> oh, why would you say that? Not in front of fate. <laughs> you don't give a shoot about fate. <laughs> oh, well, presumably, if you guys listen to the whole thing, either you don't care or you've played the game. So uh, feel free to let us know what you thought and if anything stood out weirdly to you guys. Or if you liked all of the changes and think that it's going really well and you're interested to see what happens next. Um, hit us up on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, or our Discord. Uh, links in the description below. Bye. Bye.